podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. everybody welcome to another episode of hot lap this is dead weird doing this today because as i've told you all before i hate doing podcasts when i can't have earphones so i can hear myself back in them because it feels weird Uh, and for some reason that with the new mac that i've been dead happy about and telling you all about on social media and podcasts and stuff um the the monitor feature isn't working properly so I don't quite know what's going on, so I feel really weird doing this tonight. Anyway, we had a a Grand Prix. About four hours ago, I watched the Portuguese Grand Prix. Um, I think I enjoyed it slightly more than you guys did. I I think there was a lot of people saying how they thought it was boring and how they thought nothing happened. I thought it was just one of those races where sometimes we get a race which feels like... It feels like something could happen, but it never really materialises. But I, I wasn't bored at any point through it. I didn't fall asleep. Uh, and being you know, steadily becoming an old man as well, I uh, I like I didn't I, I didn't feel tired, I didn't yawn, and I've had two nights out on the bounce, which is virtually unheard of. Uh, in recent times so yeah it was okay anyway let's go to the back of the grid work our way up to the business end of the grid and we'll talk about said teams and drivers along the way uh kimmy raikkonen dnf bad times for kimmy apparently misjudged a um or not misjudged but he was fiddling with some buttons on the steering wheel and creamed into his uh teammate not ideal for Kimi. Uh, he probably would have had a pretty good race as well, I think, because Giovinazzi didn't have a bad race. You know, it's, I, th- I think uh, I think there's a half a chance Kimi could have snagged himself a couple of points. Incidentally, uh, just before going with the podcast, I saw that Kimi's um, like the penalty which made him lose points at the last race has been up upheld, so he's not getting those penalties back, even though Alfa Romeo were trying to get them back for him um ninth Makita Mazepin right so as you guys know I have I wouldn't say defended Makita Mazepin I would say I have not been interested in um like celebrity news stories about Mr Mazepin and I have always said we should allow the lad to do his talk on the track and we'll see where he you know, see what happens to him in a few races' time. He was fucking awful today. Like that was like awful. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm not sure where it goes for him here. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's not just like he was slow. Then when Lewis Hamilton, or was it Lewis Hamilton that tried to lap him, or was it Max Verstappen? I can't remember now. That I, I remember somebody was trying to lap him, and he just 
wouldn't allow himself to be lapped. You know, it's it's ridiculous. That sort of thing is just insane to me. So yeah, uh, not a great day for Mister Mazepin. Uh, one of the, the depressing things about people like that, this getting into Formula One, is uh, much as Lance Stroll. Uh, it's it's like an indefinite waste of a seat, isn't it? We've never had this situation before. I, I, we've never had this situation of that I can remember where not only has somebody got enough money to pay their way into Formula One, they've also got enough money to buy a team and pay their way into Formula One. I mean, I've, obviously, you guys know just how much I enjoy a good piss boil. So he does have value. Um and the fact that there's talks of his family buying Haas and William Story coming in as like a sponsor with the whole thing. Oh, like the piss boiling potential is off the chart. Yeah, you know, it's the your lad, um what's his name? Oh God. Was it Matt? You had Matt from W2ATH1. He is going to have a fucking meltdown if that happens. Like, so I swear we're going to have to check on the lad. He's going to have a stroke. So uh, yeah, not a good, not a great day. I mean, not just not a good year for Haas, but this was an exceptionally bad day for uh, Mazepin. Nicholas Latifi, kind of a fucking innocuous race, wasn't it? You know, he finished a bit ahead of Mazepin. Mazepin is coming in has kind of made Latifi like not the worst on the grid. Um, he, I, I don't know. I don't know what he did because there was he did nothing of importance. So there, Mick Schumacher, uh, he was seventeenth. I thought Mick had a good race. He had a good race weekend. Uh, he's looking like I. I don't think he's in a bad car. I don't think he's looking like George Russell impressive but he's definitely looking more impressive than his machinery. It would have been nice to see him in the Alfa Romeo um, over Giovinazzi to see to see if what he, what he would have had. Like up against Kimi in a semi-competitive car, it would have been interesting just to see where he could have got. But decent race for uh, Mick Schumacher, considering how bad that Haas is, finishing ahead of his teammate and a Williams is probably is probably the best he can hope for unless George runs into trouble because I I kind of think George will always have like the edge on him as far as uh as far as talent goes so you know it's that it's it it's where he kind of belongs at the minute he's he's better than Latifi and Mazepin but we, we don't we don't really know how good Mick Schumacher is just yet Speaking of George Russell, disappointing race for him. Uh, start, disappointment started in qualifying, really. He did really well getting into Q2. Uh, Williams reckoned that if he'd have had the toe from Lando Norris when he aborted his lap, uh, that he'd probably got into Q3 as well. So, you know, that's, um, that's pretty impressive to think that Williams really made it into Q3. But this just, it's him. It's not the Williams making it into Q3. It's George making it into Q3. So he sticks in an impressive position, like up there in 11th, and then just goes backwards. Just It must be a torrid time trying to do that. I hoped for more from Williams. I really did think that they would be in the points battle. Not I thought they'd probably get shuffled back down where they are, but I thought they'd have, There'd still be more of a fight. There'd have been, there'd have been more on the back of the Alpha Tauris and the 
Austin, well, now Austin Martin's. Obviously, we, we didn't expect Austin Martin to be where it was. So yeah, George needs to start looking out elsewhere. You know, if he if he doesn't manage to get himself in that Mercedes at the end of the year, he needs to look elsewhere because he's he's so much better than to be stuck at the back of the grid. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I I've said this before. I I think George Russell has the potential to be like top three drivers in Formula One if he's given the opportunity to show it. Uh, and there's always the, like there's always people. Um, I know I know you always get people that shout at people for saying things like this, but you've got to remember that Michael Schumacher looked unbeatable until Alonso beat him into retirement. Um, you know, it's we we see it all like all the time. Uh, we saw it with uh, like in the, in the Senna Prost days where you get the young pretenders would come along, and there's always a there's always a churning over of talent because it's just how time works. And I really do believe that if Mercedes put George in that car next year, he might be the one that ends up like being the thorn in um, Lewis's side and being, and being the guy that brings like brings the changing of the guard in Formula One. More so than what I think. I think Max Verstappen has the potential to do it, but he just hasn't been given the machinery thus far. And we'll talk more about that later because um, I st- I still think he's I still think he's got it. But it's clear that clearly the the battle's a lot closer than we thought it was going to be after the first race and second race even even though Lewis did exceptionally well in those races. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, 15th, fairly meh in it, fairly, fairly meh outing. Um, I did think this would happen. I think if you if you think back, you know, it's the uh, people's be talked very highly of him, but I, I I think I think he was given a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit too hype, too much, too much too soon. Um, so. I don't. I don't know. It's there's there's something strange with Japanese drivers in Formula One. I don't quite know what it is. You know, they they always come in. Every Japanese driver I can think of that's come in with backing, like a Takuma Sato or a um, Ukio Katayama. Not Ukio Katayama. God, no, definitely not him. Uh, who was the other guy? Um, oh, Kobayashi. And they, there's something about Japanese drivers that I think people will them to do well. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. And maybe they will them to be a little bit better than they are. I mean, and this guy could be, like, he could be amazing. We'll have to wait and see. There's no, I'm I'm not saying he's not the real deal, but he's, he kind of seems to be there on the same sort of trajectory now. That the AlphaTauri as well. That's a strange car. I don't. I don't even know where that is in performance wise. You know, it's, we thought it was going to be right up the sharp end. You know, it's at one point when we when Mercedes looked really, really in trouble. There was pundits out there, not me. Um, there was pundits out there saying that they thought that the AlphaTauri might be the second best car on the grid. Now, you know, it's now we've got one in fifteenth and one just scoring points. But uh, I, Sonodas needs to do more. I think, especially in AlphaTauri, they've said they've said they'll give him time. But I, I don't, I don't believe the Red Bull in. in uh, I don't believe the Red Bull organizations sort of perception of time is the same as the rest of us 
you know it's maybe their idea of time is like one or two more races but yeah it again it at least it didn't crash like he cracked he, he had a crash didn't he um it um Imola, Imola, were we Imola? We were, we were Imola. I'm going to say San Marino. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to see. I th- I've got a funny feeling it's going to be a tricky race for him next weekend. It's in Spain. You know, it's a very technical track. It's one of the more testing tracks on the calendar. It'll be interesting to see where he and that car ends up then. Fourteenth, uh, Lance Stroll. A, again, a a fairly meh weekend for him. Uh, it was good to see Sebastian Vettel. We, we might as well speak about the, the both of them at the same time because Sebastian was 13th. Uh, I, I was happy to see Sebastian out-qualify Lance Stroll, especially considering that Lance got the uh, upgrades on the car that Vettel didn't. That car is all at sea, isn't it? You know, it, it is the third best car on the grid, would we say? I I think that was sorry the the third third worst car on the grid, uh, I, uh, only really the Williams and the Haas I think are absolutely nailed on less pace than the Austin Martins. Uh, the Alpha Tauri I think has got more pace in it. Obviously, like Pierre showed that today. Um, on a normal day, I think you would say the Alfa Romeo has got more in it than a Austin Martin. It's not what we expected, is it? It's from last year's pink Mercedes to this year. It's not what we expected, and you've got to think. You know, it's, there, there was lots of talk about the like the pink Mercedes, and uh, has that hurt them? You know, has the has the pink Mercedes like the <laughs> I don't know what what would you call it off the shelf car lifestyle. Has that hurt them in their their sort of standard development curve? Because they've always been good at doing a little with a lot. Sorry, a lot with a little. God, where am where am I? Um, and maybe I wonder if that's disrupted. I wonder if this, uh, in the same way as a uh, a government finding a crashed UFO, has this like much more sophisticated technology than they they've had before in a a year old mercedes has this thrown their like development path slightly because it's i i mean, they're saying about the um the rake being the issue uh, mercedes have clearly got on, on top of the rake being the issue for their car so i i don't i don't really see that as a uh as a real excuse anymore so take take that as what what you will but you know they, they were targeting fourth in the championship this year and that is simply it's simply not going to happen you know it's especially now uh, if alpine seems to be getting their uh their act together too you know if, if that's because they alpine with the team like austin martin that were a little bit at sea and they seem to be getting on top of that where austin martin aren't getting on top of it Twelfth, uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, decent race, especially after getting punted by his teammate in the uh, in the first couple of laps. So it's a shame he didn't score some points. Like I say, I do think if Kimi hadn't done that, he probably would have been a couple of spots ahead. So bit of, bit of a shame. Uh, Carlos Sainz, eleventh. Now I, I'm interested to know what happened with the Carlos Sainz and uh, tire strategy because it kind of went unnoticed, but I am worried that he was 
he was given that split strategy that we've seen happen to Ferrari drivers in the past where one Ferrari driver gets completely fucked and the other one seems to do okay. Because for all of the race, that it seemed to me that Carlos was he was he was the guy on pace, you know. He seemed the better of the two Ferrari drivers this weekend. And I you know, it's it, his tire strategy just did him. He had no tires towards the end. And you just wonder what happened. Like why did how how did Ferrari make such a mistake with one of their cars? And it's it's something we're used to seeing as well. You know, it's and it's not like a, it's it definitely wasn't a pace situation. It wasn't just the fact that he didn't get the job done. Ferrari didn't get the job done for him, uh, and I think it's a real shame because he in qualifying and like I say during the race looked to have the legs on Leclerc. And I do think it's from this moment forward, especially going to Spain now, because he is going to be on it in Spain. Uh, he's he, he's gonna have the measure of Leclerc quite soon and become a problem to to him. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that battle because I do I think I think Carlos Sainz has the potential to make Leclerc look the average driver. I think he is. Um, Pierre Gasly managed to get himself a point again. He was pretty innocuous through the race, and then it was more again Carlos Sainz. Fucking his tire, or having his tire strategy fucked up for him, that got Pierre Gasly that point. But he was there at the end of the day, well ahead of his teammate. And again, I think Pierre Gasly's—he's probably never going to make it back into a Red Bull. So if he's got a semi-competitive car, he has to make the most of it because I think he'll be in AlphaTauri next year. Don't get me wrong; I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But if he's not going to get promoted up to the main team again, and I think it would be foolish for him to do so unless it was to replace Max. If Max was to leave and they were to bring, they were to promote Pierre up again because they needed to fill a seat, I think that would be fine. But it's right now a a Red Bull drive with Max Verstappen as your teammate is the poisoned chalice of Formula One, and you know it. We we can see Perez is doing a slightly better job than what we th- what we would have thought Albon might have done, but you know it's it's a tough it, it must be the toughest job I think it's either, that him or Lewis Hamilton obviously toughest jobs in Formula One and I think Max might even be a little bit more of a tougher job because there's just something a bit more ferocious about Max Verstappen, um, and that I think would be would be a little bit more difficult to deal with. Uh, bad weekend for Daniel Ricciardo. Um, qualifying went off. He was over a second by his teammate out in Q3. I thought he must have had a problem. He didn't have a problem. He just said he like the car. They they just hadn't gone the right way with the car. He didn't feel at home with it. He felt again like I keep saying about so many people this year. He felt a bit at sea. It's odd, isn't it? Like he's the sheen is uh, the sheen is coming off Daniel Ricciardo, and I'm not quite sure why because that looks like a good car, and not only does it look like a good car, it looks like a compliant car. So you would just expect someone like Daniel Ricciardo to rise to the challenge and uh, be putting some better performances in. And you know, as a Lando Norris fan, I want Lando to. I want Lando to to do Ricardo really because I think it's good for his career prospects if he does. But I, I want I want Ricardo to do better because I I quite like 
Daniel as well. He's a he always seems like a pretty cool guy, doesn't he? But yeah, he's in trouble and he needs to get on top of this quickly because it's okay saying we're just at the beginning of the season. But wait, I mean, where's his head going to be at going to Spain after after this race? And then your four races where you've underperformed. And not only you, you've underperformed, your teammate is lying third in the championship, like ahead of um, ahead of one of the top two. Yeah, he's doing a tremendous job. So, yeah, he needs to turn this around and just get some decent results. And even if he doesn't beat his teammate, he needs to be behind him and not three cars behind him. Uh, eighth, Fernando Alonso, where did he come from? Just He might as well have not been on the circuit for most of the race. And then this, the, the last phase of the race, however they'd worked his tyre strategy out, he just came alive. And what did he pass? I think he passed... Giovinazzi, Carlos Sainz. Yeah, he must have done. He must have passed Giovinazzi, Carlos Sainz, Pierre uh, P- P- Gasly, and Daniel Ricciardo in that, like in that phase. I, you know, he was. He looked like the Fernando of old coming back through. So I'm really, I really hope that was. You know, he he fucked qualifying. He was he was angry with himself for fucking qualifying as well. So I'm thinking that maybe finishing behind Ocon isn't really the story because he looked set for maybe a top four or five in qualifying. He he you know, he looked on pace with the McLaren or the McLaren of Lando in qualifying until the uh, the last runs were kind of kind of a bit dump. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I think this is just the right time for Fernando to start getting his head around the car. We go to Spain next. We know what uh, Fernando's like when he goes to Spain unless there's a Pastor Maldonado in front of him and he comes second but you know it, he's he's going to be out to impress the, uh, the he'll be out to impress his fellow countrymen even if there isn't any in the sta- in the, the stadium around the track so uh, Esteban oh, sorry I just did horrible chops noises then like sorry about that unintentional ASMR eh Esteban Ocon, seventh. Just a grand weekend for Esteban Ocon. Probably, I think, his best weekend since he came back in Formula One, maybe. He might have had a better result than this, but he looked strong all weekend. And there was no no one falling off, no one making big mistakes or anything like that. He just had decent pace all weekend. And I think he, he looked more of a Formula One driver all of a sudden. So good stuff from Esteban. Charles Leclerc in sixth. Uh, I'm still not quite sure how he got there. He didn't seem to be on on pace with his teammate. I kind of think that Ferrari might have put all their eggs in the Charles Leclerc basket strategy-wise, and that's how Carlos got forgot. But that's what, you know, shout at me all you want, but it's not. it, it doesn't sound out of the question, does it? It doesn't know. I'm not going to go back and watch the race. It wasn't interesting enough to watch twice. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I I did fancy Carlos to be ahead of Charles Leclerc. Uh, Landon Norris in fifth. He was in fucking no man's land, wasn't he? He was quicker than who was behind him. Not as quick as who was in front of him. Uh, made himself a menace to Sergio Perez for a little bit. And that was about it. I fucking lost 20 quid on Lando because I had... 
I, I had 20 quid on him to get a podium. Bastard. So, yeah. Uh, but all that aside, another good race for Lando Norris. And he is looking every bit the McLaren team leader now. And I, for one, am fucking here for it. So my guy is up there. He's fucking repping for the UK and smashing it with McLaren. Love it. Fucking love Lando. He is he's my my new guy. So uh yeah, I can't wait to see what he does. I think I I do th- genuinely if he has a good good year this year and we have these technical shakeups next next year, he could be in a really good place if he can if he can just push through this year, do the best he can, finish what fourth third possibly in the world championship if he can manage it uh i mean even fifth even if he comes in comes in fifth in the championship in the end but if he if he if lando can be best of the rest and mclaren can like really do something over the winter which they you know their their development path has been phenomenal since the like the key changes have been done like to try and get mclaren back on track uh, Seidel, 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 I can't say his name properly. Um, he is the best thing to happen to McLaren for, for... He's the best thing to happen to McLaren since Ron Dennis was, like, successful Ron Dennis. So he, he, I think he's the best person that's been involved in McLaren since, like, hacking in McLaren days. So... Oh, well, and yeah, and obviously Lewis McLaren days as well. We shouldn't shouldn't forget that old Ron was at the helm for the Lewis era and did fucking exceptionally well. So he's there's something about him. I think Zach Brown being able to take a step back a bit, probably doing what he's good at, which is why they've got loads of advertisement on the car and why the McLaren name is all over the place. You know, he's an excellent marketing guy, and yeah, they just seem to they seem to have put the blocks in the right places. And they're they're just building on it. And I do, I think in 2022, McLaren will be in the shout for that world championship. I I really believe it. Uh, I still think there's going to be like one of those freak circuits going to pop up. Maybe Monaco, um, where all of a sudden Lando Norris and that McLaren might be in race winning contention on pace, not just because there's, there's been accidents ahead of him. Uh, Sergio Perez, kind of a recovery drive for Sergio after he ended, had to get past uh, Lando. He wasn't happy with the overtake, thought Lando cut the track, I believe. But there you go, whatever it is, what what, what it is, it is. And uh, But he got past anyway. But by the time he got past, obviously Bottas, Verstappen and Lewis were already fucking well down the road so he couldn't really do anything from there couldn't get involved in the strategy so oh, a better weekend from Sergio I think we can say you know he's he's adapting I think I think he's proving that he's is he doing the best I think he is doing the best isn't he like of, of people that change teams I said last week that I thought it was Carlos Sainz but he seems he's it seems to be him that's doing the best out of anyone that's joined a new team. And again, I say probably the hardest seat to have in Formula One. So good on him. Valtteri Bottas, right? 
let's discuss Bottas. He uh, got into the lead. He clearly didn't have the pace of Lewis Hamilton. Lewis was just sat on his gearbox waiting for the opportunity. And it was just another one of those Bottas races. When that happened, you knew it was a foregone conclusion. At some point, Max Verstappen would get ahead of him. So it's just not good, is it? It's really, it's really not good. I, but I, I, I mean, is it is it good for is it good for Mercedes? Is it enough for Mercedes? I can't help think it is. There's rumours as well that Lewis is signing again, but the pressure does seem to be on Bottas. Like the pressure, you you can see it in him. He he feels that someone's breathing down his neck. So that suggests to me that there is like more and more talk behind the scenes of um, George taking a seat next year. I And I, I, for one, I would like to see it. I think it would be a good thing for Mercedes as well. I think going into a new formula, not knowing where, I mean, if you, if you believe my ra- crazy ramblings, Mercedes will probably be called Wolf Grand Prix next year anyway. And uh, it, like a fresher driver lineup might be a good thing for a team, especially when they're going to move forward, it, where they don't quite know where they're going to sit. We think, you know, the, res- the resources they've got, they're going to be a top team, regardless of real changes. Uh, whether they'll be the best team is, it, that's up for debate, but they will be a top team. And... Yeah, I think I think next year is the time. It's the time for something to change. If if Lewis leaves, I would actually argue that it would be time to replace both drivers. If Lewis stays, then obviously you get rid of Bottas and bring George Russell in. If Lewis allows it, because let's not forget when he signed his year extension clause, there was talks that he was demanding that one of the clauses was he didn't want George as a teammate. And I can understand that. The guy looks great. And Lewis knows exactly what it's like for a young pretender to come in and upset the older established world champion. Um, Max Verstappen. A decent race from Max. Let down by the car, I think. Uh, there is there is cause for positivity, though, I think, for Red Bull because this was always going to be a truck track they struggled on. It was going to be one of those ones where Mercedes power really, really helped them. I thoroughly expect Red Bull to go to Spain next week and be the most competitive car on the grid. So I, would, I wouldn't surprise me if Max Verstappen is on the top of the podium next weekend as we see Lewis and Max begin to trade victories uh, Lewis Hamilton, winner of the Grand Prix and an absolute masterclass, wasn't it? You know, I'm not. I keep saying I'm not. I'm not like the big Lewis Hamilton fanboy, but I appreciate what he can do in a motor car. And he just all weekend he just had it, didn't he? Like the you know even he wasn't too too fussed about uh, losing out and qualifying. The the race was just. Like he, he was tremendous. That move on Bottas around the outside. Uh, I mean, this is the thing. People say, oh, well, Lewis has just had the car for years. And he has. He's had a great car. And he hasn't had to race a lot of people. But when he does have to race people, 
that hasn't gone, has it? He's still just as sharp and just as aggressive at getting round people as he was when he was in a like in a McLaren years ago. So it, it that that to me is is the markings of a, of a true great. He hasn't rested. You know, it's it's not like he's got used to running at the front and forgot how to get past people. You know, it, he was it was it was just a tremendous win. He never looked like losing, did he? Even when he was uh, mugged by uh, Max Verstappen, I I thought it was a foregone conclusion for him to win this Grand Prix because you just. He he just had that extra pace. He just had that extra pace in his pocket that Valtteri Bottas in the, the exact same car just didn't have. So it's great. I we got, we're in for such a good year. I know people have been a bit downtrodden because this has been a, a slightly dull race. Um, but you know, not every race can be a flag to flag thriller. You know, the reason some of those races where they're just crazy and there's wheel bang and there's overtakes all over the place and there's controversy and maybe a sprinkling of rain, the reason those races stand out is because more often than not, a Grand Prix is just all right. You know, it's not every football match is like fucking like six seven thriller is it i know nothing about football that seems like quite a high score for any game but you know what i mean you know what i'm trying to say so yeah don't be too don't be too down on a slightly boring grand prix take the positives out of it lando norris was brilliant fernando alonso seemed to come to come back to life somewhere ferrari fucking someone over again sebastian vettel outdoing his teammate um and i think wasn't it the, the first time he was in q3 Three? Did it make it to Q three? Yeah, it made it to Q three. First time he made it to Q three since twenty twenty Silverstone. Was either yeah twenty twenty, yeah twenty twenty or twenty nineteen? It was something fucking crazy. Must be twenty twenty, mustn't it? Must be. He must have made it to Q three at some point last year. But yeah, they. Uh, I'm 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 super happy and. That uh, the Aston Martin have got some work to do. Hopefully, the fact that they have work to do is going to give Sebastian the breathing room to get himself straight. I do think this is a rebuilding year now for Sebastian Vettel, and if he can just get on top of his teammate, then he has no. There's no doubting voices behind him. If if he's if he's ahead of Lance, then we we. More of the focus will be put on the car, and you won't get people like me with a microphone going, Oh, you should probably retire. Yeah, you should probably retire. You should probably, you know, just go and ski somewhere. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I think, to be perfectly honest, it was a good, it was good. There was good stories up and down the grid, you know, it's, apart from like Carlos jumping out at me as being a bit unfortunate. Daniel Ricardo probably won't be happy with himself. Um, George Russell is probably a little bit disappointed. He finished 16th when he started 11th. Uh, I thought there was half a chance of him getting some points. So it is what it is. But let's have a quick look at the standings before I leave you. Um, Lewis Hamilton's leading the World Championship on 69 points. From Max Verstappen on 61. And Lando Norris in third on 37. How Fucking good is that? Uh, you know, it's. I mean, he's ahead of a Mercedes and a Red Bull in the championship. 
you know, it's, he's got the car to be ahead of the Ferraris. Um, but yeah, for him to be up there, it's just just great. I I hope Valtteri Bottas has a shit race next weekend so he can stay there. Um, Charles, uh, but Valtteri Bottas is fourth, thirty two points. Charles Leclerc fifth, twenty eight. Sergio Perez sixth, twenty two points. He should be higher up than he is. I think. Uh, I, I'm surprised Charles Leclerc has sneak, sneaked, snuck in front of him. Um, Daniel Ricciardo is 7th on 16 points. Carlos Sainz 8th on 14. Esteban Ocon is 9th on 8 points. Pierre Gasly is 10th on 7. Lance Stroll 11th on 5th point, on 5 points. Lando Norris is 12th on... No, Fernando Alonso is... 12th on 5 points and Yuki Tsunoda is 13th on 2. Kimi Raikkonen, Giovinazzi, Sebastian Vettel, George Russell, Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazepin and Nicholas Latifi are still yet to score points and I would think there is a high chance that at least half of those never score a point this year. Um, That has been our wonderful little hot lap recap for this Grand Prix. Thank you for joining me. If you want to speak to me on social media, then go and find me. Uh, I'm at a total shunt on Twitter. I'm a total shunt on Instagram. They are the two best ways to get in touch with me. Um, if you want to go and help out some of the other stuff I do, some of the other podcasts, like the interview style shows I do with Musi Audio, there is a patron. If you go to Musi Audio, that is my own personal patron that helps me do the creation stuff. Um, if you, when you retweet this, if you want to retweet it with a little at Sports Social, which is the uh, podcast network this goes out on, that will show Sports Social that you guys are listening to me and it will make them put some more fucking effort into promoting me, which I really wish they'd do. Anyway, I will speak to you next week after the Spanish Grand Prix. Until then, take it easy. Ciao. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.